Ramage folded the morning post and sat back comfortably. There was very little news in the paper, and he passed it to Sarah, who was an avid newspaper reader, and had already finished the Times, and sniffed at the lack of anything of interest. He had another five days' leave, time enough to go down to Aldington and have a look at the Kent countryside, apart from reassuring himself that all was well with the house. Although Sarah had been staying there most of the time he was away in the Mediterranean, only coming up to London in a hurry when she heard that he had arrived back in Portsmouth. His parents' home in Palace Street was a serviceable halfway house for both of them. It was also conveniently near the Admiralty and even nearer the House of Lords, so that his father, the Earl of Blasey, could attend debates whenever he wished. Ramage was vaguely aware of a horse pulling up outside the front door, although the sound of passing horses clopping their way along Palace Street was nothing out of the ordinary. But a few minutes later, the old butler Hanson appeared at the door, his spectacles sliding down his nose as usual. An Admiralty messenger, my lord. He has a letter for you and needs you to sign a receipt. Ramage nodded and went to the front door, signing the proffered receipt book and taking the letter. It felt strange, heavy and stiff, as though the paper with its heavy seal enclosed a sheet of parchment. He shrugged his shoulders as he walked back to the breakfast room to rejoin Sarah, who looked up inquiringly. Probably fresh orders, he said, and noting the alarmed look on Sarah's face, added, I doubt if they're urgent. Their lordships know I haven't had much leave in the past few years. Sarah walked over to the desk and came back with a paper knife. Break the seal and put a stop to the suspense, she said. I couldn't bear it if you have to go away so soon. Ramage was reluctant to hurry. The sheer weight of the packet did not bode well. Routine letters were not written in parchment, and this packet crackled when he squeezed it. He took the paper knife and pried open the outer seal, and the folded paper opened by itself to reveal a parchment commission inside. He recognized it immediately. But a commission? What was happening to Calypso Frigate, which he had commanded for the past few years? She was even now waiting for him down at Portsmouth under the temporary command of her first lieutenant, James Aitken. But there was no mistaking the document. There was the Admiralty Office seal at the top left-hand corner, red wax with white paper on top. The blue stamped duty seal below it with eleven shillings and ten pence and a crown, and three signatures beneath the verbiage in the middle. Yes, it was a commission right enough, but sending him where, and in what ship? He began reading, starting with the first few lines at the top. By the commission for executing the office of Lord High Admiral of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland, etc. Then came the main section of the commission. By virtue of the power and authority to us given, we do hereby appoint you captain of His Majesty's ship, the Dido, willing and requiring you forthwith to go on board and take upon you the charge and command of captain in her accordingly, strictly charging and commanding all the officers and company of the said ship to behave themselves jointly and severally in their respective employments. Hereof nor you nor any of you may fail, as you will answer to the contrary at your peril. It ended with, by command of their lordships, and the signature of Evan Nepean, the secretary to the board on the left, and the signatures of three board members on the right. The Dido? But wasn't she a seventy-four?
He had a fleeting picture in his mind of seeing her in Gibraltar some time ago. Command of a seventy-four. Why are you grinning? Sarah asked quietly, obviously fearing the worst. I think I've just been given command of a seventy-four, he said. Let me find a copy of Steele's list and check the name. His father's copy of Steele's original and correct list of the Royal Navy was on the desk, a thin, grey-covered volume. He flipped through the pages until he came to the one headed A Complete List of the Royal Navy, where all the ships from the 112-gun Salvador del Mundo to hired-armed cutters and luggers were named alphabetically. Yes, there was the Dido, at present in Portsmouth and built in 1798.